Welcome, welcome to the Best 5-Minute Wine Podcast. I'm your host, Forrest Kelly. From the seed to the glass, wine has a past. Our aim at the Best 5-Minute Wine Podcast is to look for adventure at wineries around the globe. After all, great minds think alike. Let's start the adventure. Our featured winery is... Travel to Ithaca, New York. Home to Cornell University. It also has the highest percentage of workers who walk to work 17 percent of their workers walk to work also home to alex haley the roots author and vladimir nabokov the lolita author and most importantly home to frederick boucher and i'm the owner and winemaker of thoughts of new york winery as you could probably guess frederick is from france so just a little uh, background on uh, France. They produce 7 to 8 billion gallons of wine uh, per year. And going back even further, the Catholic Church at one time was the largest vineyard owner in France. However, in 1860, France was plagued with wine maladies. They hadn't quite perfected the winemaking, and so they declared it a national crisis in 1860. So they called in Louis Pasteur. Yes, the same man who perfected pasteurization. And in 1866, his essay, Studies on Wine, became the foundation of modern winemaking. He had saved France's wine industry. So that brings us up to Mr. Boucher and his family history. So it started by my great-grandfather in 1919, and that was in France, in Normandy. So basically, my great-grandfather and his family had vineyards in Bordeaux, which is yet another region and a true wine region. But he moved to Normandy in 1919 because his wife was from there. And when he moved there, he realized there was no wine in Normandy. It was not a wine region. So he saw the opportunity and brought in some of their table wine. Just to put it in kind of context, how big is wine intertwined in the culture at that time? So in Normandy, nobody drank wine or very few people because there was no access to it. So they were drinking hard cider and the distilled spirit from high half cider called Calvado. And so he uh, brought in the wines and he brought in wine from everywhere from France and he then bottled them under his name, under our name, and then that's what we would sell. So he was one of the very first person to uh, sell entire French wine cellars to hotels and restaurants in the region. They were loving this. They were, there was a huge step up from cider to, to what oh, he was sure. producing. For sure, and it was really high-end uh, because uh, you could, uh, I mean, at that time, you could get amazing wine for not much money. And uh, restaurants we all also uh, were doing custom labels for a few restaurants and hotels. Wow. So that was quite amazing. Yeah, you think about 1919 and the, and the technology and just what they were dealing with at the time, you think... <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, we would print 50 labels. For you know? 50 different and, labels. Uh, that, that's it. At the time, uh, you know, it was not a problem. Everything was done by hand. A small quantity was not an issue. But at any rate, this winery ultimately did not turn out to be uh, to survive because the laws changed drastically as far as the appellation from region to region. In fact, the idea of bringing wine from older regions from France in your own location, each then bottle them under your own name is now completely illegal. 
we saw that going well before. I mean, all the appellation like Champagne and all that. So basically, although it was extremely successful until uh, the mid-70s, it was clear. Uh, I was there. Um, I left in 70. Nine, I went to study in Paris, and at that at that point, it was clear that there was no future of that winery. Mm. So eventually, it was sold in 1990. So it was sold in 1990, and then Frederick and his wife. What happened next? We'll find out in part two in our conversation with Frederick Boucher of Ports of Wine, New York. If you'd like to get a visual of what the winery is all about, go to portsofnewyork.com. <laughs> Oh, yes. Now it is time for our listener voicemail question. Does wine go bad? Wine does expire, but it strongly depends on its quality. If it's a quality one, it can be stored even for a hundred years, and after opening it'll be of great quality. Well, thank you for your question, Suri. It's good to know that if you open up a bottle of wine, it could last up to a hundred years. I wish other things lasted that long after opening. Thank you for listening. I'm Forrest Kelly. This episode of the Best 5-Minute Wine Podcast was produced by iHism. If you like the show, please tell your friends and pets and subscribe. Until next time, pour the wine and ponder your next adventure. Hi, before you go, we have exciting news. The Best 5-Minute Wine Podcast has teamed with a breakthrough technology and added a new feature on our website that's bound to elevate your podcast experience. Here is where we need your help. Trying to remember something from an episode? Don't worry. Search for it, and we will find it for you. Have you ever thought you could just ask questions and chat about the episodes as if you were talking to me? Well, now you can. That's right. Our episodes are now interactive, and they're waiting to have a conversation with you. Jump into a chat with our podcast, and let's get the conversation started. Try it out, and tell us what you think. Click on the banner at the top of the website, thebestwinepodcast.com, to try it.